executive in residence in the management and international business department at Loyola University, Maryland. And it's my pleasure to do this video interview today with TJ Scofaro. And uh, we put this interview series together so that we could try to give our students a flavor for what life is like in the business world today. And more importantly, hopefully answer some of the questions that they may have uh, in an area in an era where the pandemic has kind of closed off a lot of opportunities that they've had. So TJ, thank you for making time to speak with our students about your career and some of your experiences and where you work. Um, would you mind taking a moment and just telling us uh, who you are, or give us a you know, quick idea of uh, what you do and uh, where you do it? Sure. Uh, so my name is TJ Scalfaro, as Dave mentioned. I actually went to Loyola for my undergrad degree. I graduated from the business school in 2013. I concentrated in marketing, though, not in the management and international business department. Uh, and since then, we'll forgive I you for that, in... by the way. That's okay. <laughs> since then, I've worked in a, a slew of relationship management and sales roles, uh, nature of the marketing program. And currently, I'm working for 2U Inc., which is a education technology company based out of Lanham, Maryland, which is right outside of DC. Uh, obviously I'm currently working from home as we all are these days. I reside in Baltimore. I'm currently living outside of Fells Point. Been here for the last six or seven years, six years, because uh, I spent like a year or so outside of Philly where I grew up uh, after I graduated from Loyola. And I'm, been asked to be on this board since I had some previous involvement and connection with Professor Cummings. So a lot of you might be familiar with his business policy course. It's very work intensive, mm. but honestly, that was one of my favorite classes and it has served me the best to this day in my career. Well, that's great. Good. So, um, you know, for our students benefit, uh, you know, some of our board members are, you know, senior executive types. You're actually sort of in your, uh, early third of your career, which is actually That's nice. Right. I think you've got some Mid great insights that are going to be some very current. Mid-level management there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and you're into to a management role. So, yeah. so I know, left that part out. I'm a, actually for title wise and what I do for 2U um, in the education technology sector, we partner with universities and we help them put their graduate programs online, which is super timely right now. Uh, however, we have continued to help them through this COVID era, era, getting the rest of their programs online or assisting faculty with at least minimal baseline training for pivoting to the Zoom technology and pivoting to turning their curriculum into an LMS, a learning management system, and how that can all work. Specifically in my role, I'm a program director for our NYU and Yale partnerships. So essentially you have two wheels here. You have one wheel of the 2U side, the other wheel is Yale or the other wheel is NYU. And I'm the axle in between those wheels to make sure that like all of the spokes on the wheels are keeping the wheels intact. And there's almost a reciprocal spoke on either side from to you to the university and making sure that the messaging is getting back and forth consistently so that to you as a for-profit business who's trying to go so fast is not going too fast to spin the wheels out of control from the typical academia setting that the universities have. So I play a hypothetically unbiased party there in the middle to keep that wheel moving forward straight. 
That's a great image. I'd never thought of it quite that way, but uh, mm -hmm. really trying to synchronize the relationship between the various groups. And, you know, d despite the marketing background, it sounds like a lot of what you're doing would draw on elements of management, elements yes. of uh, managing teams, all those kinds of things. Is that a fair, yeah. uh, fair assessment? A hundred percent, especially for the fact that I currently do not have any direct employees, but like I was talking about the spokes, there are like upwards of 10 to 15 different departments at 2U that I oversee and I'm responsible at the end of the day for what they're doing in their jobs, but none of them report to me. So I have to manage through influence. So I have to lead others and build up that rapport with them and that type of trust so that when I'm asking for X, Y, and Z, they're willing to do it even though they don't actually report to me. It's a manager, it's managing or it's influencing rather than managing. Yeah, that's which is really a powerful skill, right? We you have to manage mm -hmm. up to your boss, you have to manage laterally to the peers you work with. In your case, you've got to manage across organizational boundaries. That's pretty amazing. Yes. You have to manage up externally, which is even trickier. That I have is to navigate tricky. a relationship with a dean at a university of Yale and try to get him to do something that we need as a business for two years. Could, could you give us an example of one or two of the things that you would do in, uh, let's, if I'm using this correctly, managing a project or managing the relationship? Sure. Um, let's go super timely. Uh, the GRE, there's a lot of research out there, what, whether there is validity behind the GRE or not, right? Mm -hmm. how, how accurate is a GRE score to say how well a student is going to do in terms of their aptitude for a certain program at, at the master's level. So that's something that we have been talking with what one of our university partners on, on do you really want to leverage the GRE the way you currently do in terms of an application requirement? And with the onset of COVID, actually, it, it helped us in a timely manner where students weren't able to go to GRE testing centers anymore. So it gave the program an opportunity to Explore the idea of a temporary pause on requiring the GRE. And then now we're running the data and analytics and following those students as they've entered the program to see how they're performing academically. And then can take that data to help show them, hey, actually look at these students. They're in the rigor of this program that was requiring the GRE. And now because of the temporary exception, because of the current COVID environment, they're actually doing pretty well in the program at least that's the fingers what you cross that we're going to see how they do we don't actually have the outcomes of that data yet but something like that i can take to the partner externally to help to you as a business grow and expand the program because obviously if you remove the gre requirement you're going to be able to recruit and bring more students in the door and it removes that hurdle in order to get into the program which then increases enrollments increases revenue on both sides for us and the partner wonderful so really you're solving both your and the partner's business problems, I mean, which is really a, yeah. a great thing to do. You know, yeah. you, you've certainly been there long enough to see what life was like before COVID and post COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, and I realize a lot of your challenges are with the partners that you have, but uh, what sorts of things internally, you know, have been different for you within to you, right? Yeah. Um. So what was interesting, we were talking a bit about this today at work. Um, we were all reflecting on prioritization versus like how it was before COVID and time management and prioritization now during COVID. So when COVID first hit, 
we were all forced to go home. And because we were forced to be from home, we weren't in the office anymore. And we felt the need to meet every morning and have a sync as a team or a department or something like that. And then that happened across the board in all the different functional areas that I interact with. So meetings highly increased. My Google calendar was completely stacked every day. And then at the end of the day, I'm just sitting on Zoom all day and I never got anything done, but my to-do list grew. And when do I get that done then? After hours. That's not sustainable. So as COVID has gone on, we've learned how to adjust, some, or at least I personally have learned how to adjust to some of that and really take a critical look at those meetings. Which ones do, do I actually need to have or which one can maybe be solved in an email? Which ones can I delegate responsibilities to somebody else to say, hey, these were the items that I was gonna maybe wanna address in this meeting with whoever we're meeting with and can you take it from there? And if they feel comfortable doing so, they can run it and then just report back on the outcomes to me. So, so it then, sounds like actually the work has gotten yeah. almost a little more logical in some ways. Maybe that's it has a little bit. Yeah. It's like it's yeah, it's forced me at least to be a lot more critical on what I spend my time doing. Because and, and the fact that I'm in an MBA program, I left that out in the beginning. I'm an MBA candidate at Syracuse right now in one of our online programs through to you. Uh, however, that like really forced my hand pre-MBA candidate, I was spending 60, 70, 80 hours a week on my job. And that included some evenings, some weekends. But being in an MBA program, I'm forced to stop because I have to pivot and start my schoolwork because that takes 20 to 30 hours a week. Hmm. So having that balance there or forced balance has made me really take a look and say, you know what, if my to-do list isn't fully crossed off or all of these emails aren't completely read and responded to by the end of the day. If I have a certain rule set in place, like my personal rule is if I receive that email before noon, it's getting a response that day. If it's not a full response of a, a full answer, it's gonna at least be a, hey, I've seen this, I'm looking into it for you. Uh, but after noon, then it's okay to let that one go unread until first thing tomorrow morning. So I think that's that's really good advice, uh, you know, for our students. I mean, we have to kind of mm -hmm. think about how you can control what you can within an environment that you can't control. You know, correct. So, Some of the practical yeah. things of it, practical. and like I have my to-do list here. Like I can, I'll show you. You won't be able to read it, but I'll show the length of it. You're going to scare everybody that's here today, that's right? Nice. And if you saw, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six things crossed off on it right now. And those top, I would say the top six lines have been on my to-do list for months because they're the, just the ongoing yeah. tasks that don't necessarily have high priority hmm. or high urgency, but they're still important. So they're still on the list and they're going to get slowly worked on as time goes on. They're more longer term goals, but so the more high the urgency things hit the bottom of the list and get crossed off daily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think our students need to really appreciate, and I'm interested in your insights on this, is, um, you know, what, you know, and particularly in a, in a COVID world, what does uh, an exceptional worker look like in this day and age, right? You know, what is exceptional performance, mm -hmm. right? If you're doing it all behind the screen, you know, how, do, how are companies evaluating that, PJ? What, what do you, yeah. what, you know, what would they need to emulate if they wanted to be viewed as that kind of employee? especially in the work from home environment, it is extremely key to be a go-getter. Because think about being 
the new person or the intern in an office environment, you're going to constantly be like in the shadow of whoever it is your supervisor is. And you're going to constantly have them at your beck and call. And if I'm struggling with something right here, I can tap them and say, hey, can you help me with this? You don't have that when you're working from home. So you need to recognize that that physical boundary that wasn't actually there, like I'm looking at you right now, Dave, and there is what seems like a, a virtual boundary between our windows on the screen, but actually there's not. Right now I'm talking with you and it's like you're in this room and you need to not hesitate to ask your boss, your supervisor, your manager to hop in a quick Zoom chat or a Google chat to talk through something. They might not have the time right at that moment, but shoot them that G chat or whatever it might be, Slack, and send them the message and say, hey, I'm struggling with XYZ on this project, but would love your insight on it. Because if they have that go-getter attitude and they're like not being afraid to ask a question, then they're going to be able to do the job that much better.